Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. The dynamic duo. Don't feed me crap. Of Boston Sports Radio. Yeah, get it right, stupid. Felger and Mass. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. As for Jacoby Myers, he said confidence isn't an issue, but he said, and this one stuck to me, I question what the plan is sometimes and how we're going to attack Gentlemen, that sort of puts the focus again on Matt Patricia and that offensive collaboration as they try to get it done without Josh McDaniels. Yesterday, as we're getting ready to work, I'm, I'm hearing comments from Jacoby Myers saying, yeah, we're just not playing well together. I'm like, what, what's going on? This ain't the Patriot way. What are you doing talking to the media like this? See, that's what was at stake. It wasn't just that game that was at stake. The Patriot way is being called into question. If they would have lost that game, we would have been saying, oh, man, I don't know what is really Bill Belichick. Now that he's 0-2 and he's looking like this without Tom Brady. It was so much in the mix. They had to find an offense. And those guys went above ground. We have talked about players being able to make plays when they count and when they have to. Nelson Aguilar went up over a dude and snatched that football to get it in the end zone to give us some offense, to say, let's go, let's get this thing going. I say that was very impressive. I know the Steelers didn't have T.J. Watt. I know they feel like they can't find the pass rush without T.J. Watt. That ain't Matt Jones' problem. Matt Jones' problem is to make sure he does just this right here. Let me score some touchdowns and help my team win and silence all of this mess. That, 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 that Bill Belichick ain't Bill Belichick. The Patriot way don't exist anymore. And that's why that was an impressive win. That's Michael Irvin. I'll translate a little bit. Uh, that, that was a big win for the Patriots because they needed to uh, quell the doubters within their own locker room. Okay, it was a long way of saying that. And he was responding to the Mike Giardi report on NFL Network Sunday before the game with Jacoby Myers saying, I question what the plan is sometimes and how we're going to attack. And I'm sure, again, Jacoby Myers is being held in some dungeon now as we speak at Gillette. He's in the hole. Undergoing various treatments and and tortures. Busy week for Bears. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, did you think buy-in was important, though, internally for this team? Without question. I mean, you know, this this win was big just for that. They needed to see some success because this summer was just so miserable from start to finish. Joint practices, preseason games, everything. And then week one was a debacle on offense. The defense did their part. They held, you know, Tyreek Hill and those guys down for the most part. And the offense just couldn't get out of their own way. And then, so, you know, if, if they couldn't beat Mitch Trubisky and this Steelers offense, 
you would have been like, like, when are we going to win a game again? And, you know, even the Lions are playing well. Like, can we beat them? And so I, I thought that was I th- definitely huge to get people buying in a little bit more. You know, I'm sure there's still a discerning eye about what they're doing, especially offensively. But, I, I you know, I got to say, if the operation looks like it did this Sunday, which are a lot of the things that that a lot of us have been questioning all off season about like, how the hell is this guy going to coordinate the offense, call plays and coach the offensive line in a game? I've never seen it done before. It makes no sense. And after one week, after seeing what it looks like in a real NFL game, Bill says, eh, you know what? Yeah, we shouldn't do that. I still wonder what a guy like Jones is saying to himself on the ride home from the stadium when they get back though. Like, you know, is he saying, well, yeah, we won the game, but did we really play any better? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the only touchdown, yeah, I, I chucked one up there and Aguilar caught it. The other one we got because Gunnar Olszewski decided to headbutt the ball to us. You know, we scored 10 points without their help. So, uh, look, the, uh, the Jones thing I find fascinating. It's his second year. He's already fighting with the coach after the whole thing with Brady. Like, his second year, and he's already looking at it going, what are we doing? Yeah, but to hear of the way Greg broke this down, though, it sounds like, look, it wasn't the coach's fault this week that the offense was so inept. Well, no, no. So if that's the case, like, he's got to suck it up and deal. So, but this is Maz's point. When, no matter who's right or who's wrong, there's their button heads there. Exactly. Right, It's because it, I agree that Jones is part of the problem. And look. But he's got to suck it up and deal with it, though. Right, but when, Murray? When? Like, when's it going to happen? You know, and I felt this way. I remember feeling this way with Brady back in 2014 with the Kansas City and that whole thing. And, you know, they were, and he was pouting about Logan Mankins, and it reached the point finally where he said, all right, enough with the crying. Get your head out of your, out of your ass. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yep. And, and it took Brady about a month before he finally, the Cincinnati game here, here, and he kicked it into gear, and he played harder, and all of a sudden they were back on the beam. I don't know what Jones like, I don't know what he is. Yeah, but it, what's different here or what I think is going to be different with Mac Jones is, you know, like you said, he's a smart guy. He knows offensive football, which is part of the reason why he didn't like what was going on, and, and he's been around good operations. He will watch the film from this game, and he'll know. He'll know that he misplays, that he left plays on the field. It reflects poorly on him, and he'll answer. Because he's he's a he's a true competitor. It's one of the best aspects of him. He sees what's going on in other places, and I think he's going to step up. Okay, we'll see. Here's Ryan in Atlanta. Go ahead, Ryan. Hey guys, uh, just following up with uh, Greg said. I know Kraft saw Monday night's game with Jalen Hurts. I know he saw the Miami game with Tua lighting it up. You should probably resemble those two teams. You know, actually help your quarterback, even if Mac is. You know, he has to suck it up, which I agree. But I put Kraft on my three down. It's like you put this team in this position with a head coach who doesn't care about offense. Okay. Well, we give Kraft a three down because Bill is behind the times. Why don't we Why don't we focus on Bill being behind the times? Okay, you wanted Robert to fire Bill because he's behind the times? I mean, I, I, look, I think he'll be on the table after this year, but like right now. Uh, but are the Patriots behind the times yes. after watching other teams and games around the league? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean – it does. We're going to get to this later, but it feels like most of these teams either have an elite, elite quarterback or elite, elite pass catchers, and it's one of the two. I mean, Philly's the one that hits you in the face. And so does Miami. 
Well, right, my, Miami, yeah, I'm talking about the teams last night. I mean, I think Jalen, yeah, okay, but I think Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa are kind of comparable. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, you know, in terms of what they are as a quarterback, and look what they're surrounded by, and look how they're producing. I, I, look, I, again, I, I've been focused just on last night. Josh Allen's a different animal. Okay, fine. But when I see Hurts doing the same thing in the other game going on last night, running all over the field, you know, putting up 340 yards of offense in the first half, or whatever the number was. Like, I look at that and go, well, they went out and got him A.J. Brown. They drafted him Devontae Smith. He's got a, you know, a functional tight end and a, a versatile back, like, who's out there on three downs. Like, how do you stop him? Philly looks like a wagon. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the NFL, now in the NFL, offensively, you you win either with scheme or talent. And when you have both, you're special. And the Patriots have neither at this point. I mean, they don't. Yeah. And so, you know, their margin for error is so tiny in every game, even against the Steelers. It's tiny. And you need, you know, the other team to to, to vomit on itself. I mean, where's the other? The, I mean, the Buffalo Bills margin for error is seriously. The, in, in, it's in, like from here to Boston. Week one, how many turnovers did they have? They, they three or four. Think, they had yeah. Like three or four. They won 31 to seven going away. No sweat. I mean, right. Tremendous margin for error. Not here. Mike on the North Shore and Mac Jones. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Salga, 20 seconds. The real problem is it's Mac Jones' ability. He can't throw the ball. So how can the defense respect him when the ball comes out of his hand like my 12-year-old daughter when she's pitching in her softball league? So dating back to last year, and you can look this up yourself, when the defense gives up 14 points, Mac Jones is 3-9. and nine. So they have to lock down to win every single week. And even during the Bills' playoff game last year, Pick, punt, punt, field goal, pick. So how is the defense going to be engaged when they have to shut okay. the other team down? Jones was actually – I'm going to cut you off there because Jones actually came to play in that game and made a couple plays early and then it yeah. got away from him. I, I don't look at the Buffalo playoff loss on Mac Jones. But his arm strength this year, Greg, his physical play, what do you see there? Because uh, to me it feels – either flat from last year or maybe even slightly regressed. Well, I do think this was a bad game for him. Like I said, I don't know if it's the back injury or just the pressure, but he threw standing up a lot. He didn't step into throws. Uh, You know, he recoiled a bit, sort of protecting himself. So it it definitely didn't look good in this game. Does that mean that's where he is and what he's going to be for the rest of the season? I can't say that. I I don't think that... I never had any thoughts in training camp where I'm like, oh, well, his arm looks much better. You know, I, I think it'll get better over time. I don't have a problem with Mac Jones' tool set. I don't. He just needs a lot around him. He's one of those guys where, you know, he needs a good offensive coordinator to help him see things a little clearly, get him some, you know, nice reads. And he needs guys who are going to, you know, win one-on-one a lot. And... He just doesn't have those, and so he looks limited because the Patriots are limited. Ten questions with Bedard right after this. I'm just sort of painting a picture. Um, I love the guy. They take him in the back room. Um, The sports hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. You have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, which way it would go. Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Oh, Lord, 
All right, 10 questions with Bedard here in New England and around the league. Weekly segment. Uh, we have 10 minutes to give you 10 questions, so we need to have buzzers to be on time. Kevin, what are our options this week? Hey, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for the birthday wishes. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Maddie Pig. Go ahead. Would Joe Judge get any interviews for a quarterback coach? No. no. <laughs> Would you no. take your stupid pills this morning? <laughs> I did. I took two. Next. Would you put? She looked like a plumber. Like pull up oh, your pants, sweetie. Man, this is a Steelers fan. <laughs> this is a Steelers fan. Mass saw in the airport one day with her one day butt crack hanging open. So Seriously. now he, he, she was disgusting. Okay, he's still going on about it. Next, fifty-fifty balls, and you know he's one of those guys that I put in the throw it up to him category. Oh, you throw him up to him. You just throw it up to him category. How about the just throw up category? I hate that. Brown. I hate that category. Next. Hi, Matt. Happy birthday. Oh, okay. Thank you, Karen. No, right, no. Thanks, Stace. Happy birthday, Matt. Thanks, Mom. Awesome. <laughs> Next. Last one. Do you know what never goes wrong for me? My FM radio in my car. Not this week. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Hit it. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for the birthday wishes. I appreciate it. Number 10, your thoughts on Tom Brady being given Wednesdays off through the season. Something if- I would just like to say real quick. That Jimmy Stewart told us like three months yep, ago. He did, yes. Jimmy Stewart had it first. Months ago. He said he's not going to be practicing during the week. He won't even be there for much of the week. I tell you, Jimmy is. He's like, seriously. No, he's covert ops. Man. No, he's tapped. Great nugget from his CIA. phone. Okay, next. Go, I mean, go ahead. Yes. What a diva. I mean, they kind of do important things at practice on Wednesdays. Like, could you take like Friday off or something? Like when you jog through? Come on. I'm not shocked. He stopped giving a crap three years ago. We're crying out. He still wins. Don't get me wrong, but he's he, he doesn't care like he used to. I, and I don't love it, but you're better with him than without him. What the hell are you going to do? He's kind of got you over a barrel. But their offense has sucked these first two games. The defense is why they've won. They've scored two measly touchdowns. Two and zero. Oh, he can't. No matter what happens, he wins. It doesn't matter. He show up. Don't show up. Play well. Don't play well. It doesn't matter. Wins. Just wins and wins and wins and wins. All he does is win. It's without even trying. It's annoying. It's just <laughs> constantly nonstop winning. Next. Would Joe Judge get any interviews for a quarterback coach? No. no. <laughs> Would you no. take your stupid pills this morning? Greg, your thoughts on Trey Lance going down in San Francisco and you know who taking over. The way that they were calling that game that Shanahan was, like you were like, are they trying to get this kid killed? And I, then, oh my God, he's dead. I felt the exact same thing. I was watching it. It's like, I said to myself, before he got hurt, they don't care if he gets hurt. Nope. I, it was almost like they were throwing him to the wolves. I'm sorry, Mass. No, I think it was uh, some version of a palace queue. The rightful king has been restored to his throne. <laughs> no helmet today? No, I got it over there. You'll, Come on. You'll see it next week. He, didn't get, for the he didn't get credit for this Slacker. win on Sunday. He didn't start the game. The Niners and Kyle Shanahan do not deserve this. Not They don't deserve this bailout. They put a for sale sign on Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. They got no takers, so they brought him back reluctantly. They deserve someone like Chase Daniel. They don't deserve this for how they treated him. So this doesn't go down as Garoppolo, his career one loss record. That's right, because he came in relief. Well, why don't we give it to him, as Whenever we bring up the record, we'll... Well, I think we should. Yes, we will. <laughs> there's been a, a special, How magnanimous. No, there's been a special override when it comes to Garoppolo's win-loss record. On I that agree. One. Next. Would you put, she looked like a plumber. <laughs> like, pull up your pants, sweetie. <laughs> Number eight. Jalen Hurts or Mac Jones? Mac Jones. I, I'm just, I think he's a better quarterback. He's just, it's just that Jalen Hurts has a better coordinator and more talent around him. Jalen Hurts. League's different. 
If you you know again this whole idea of a you know Mac Jones needs a clean pocket. Who gets a clean pocket anymore? Nobody gets a clean pocket anymore. You got to have a quarterback who can run and move. The league's different now. No, you don't. It's turned into college football. Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. Hurts, and it's not particularly close for me. I've liked them anyway, but mobility's a huge factor. You look at a game last, like last night, he's got full control of the passing game, and he's got a better personality, too. I don't see him whining to the refs and acting like a baby. Okay. I've got Jones for now. For now being the key phrase. Next. 50-50 balls, and you know he's one of those guys that I put in the throw-it-up-to-him category. Mm. What was the worst blown lead of the weekend and why? There were some doozies. Baltimore to Miami. Vegas to Arizona or the Browns to the Jets? What was the worst of the three? The Ravens. Yeah, it, just play defense. They gave up Wink Martindale for this jackass, Mike McDonald, who's playing man coverage and letting tight. Just, just get back. Just do what the Patriots did. Let them catch the ball in front of you and then tackle them. Don't let them get 20 yards behind you. What a bunch of morons. Vegas. What a crap show. Complete, total crap show. They gave up the tying touchdown, the two-point conversion with no time on the clock, and then fumbled on consecutive plays, basically, at the end of that game to lose in overtime. Same guy. It was, you know, a couple of plays apart. Hunter Renfro fumbled twice to lose the game. Horrendous. Horrendous. I'm with Maz. I think it's Vegas, because if you look at those plays, they were passing plays. When Once you cross the 50, just run. You have one of the best kickers in the league. Set up for the field goal. Hit it. Walk off with the win. They're in trouble. That was an ugly one for Vegas. So the Browns was the worst. I mean, it was a Chubb that uh, went into the end zone. If you're just taking the knee at the one, the game is over. Okay? So that was the first mistake. They missed the extra point. Like, that's why it was a 13 point. So now does he go into the end zone, which he shouldn't have done. Then they missed the extra point. Then they let, I mean, it's one thing to let Tyreek Hill beat you over the top like the, the Ravens did. You let the Jets and Joe Flacco beat you over the guy. I mean, that long touchdown pass within 30 yards of him. Then you give up the onside kick. And then you let Joe Flacco shove it up your ass. I mean, like, (laughs) are you kidding me? It it was the Browns. Uh, But they were all bad. That Vegas one, like, every play that Kyler Murray made was on fourth down. They were all fourth down plays or two-point conversions. And that penalty in the end zone that no one's... Knows where the penalty actually happened. Well, they, the, the the Cardinals got four first downs by penalty in that game. So I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about how many close plays, how close the Raiders were to winning that game, and they couldn't close it. Next. Hi, Matt. Happy birthday. Thank you, Karen. All right, thanks, Stace. Happy birthday, Matt. Thanks, Mom. Number six, what's been the worst coaching job of the season so far across the league? Cincinnati. How do you not get... The, the protection cleaned up. I know they brought in some new guys, but like, just start with protect your franchise quarterback, or do you want him to get another knee injury? I mean, it's been horrendous. Frank Reich, Indianapolis. What a freaking disaster. You open with Houston and Jacksonville. You go winless. Oof. Oh, my God. Houston I, I and Jacksonville. I didn't think about that. it. Me neither. Oh, it's Reich. It's Frank Reich. I will go with Mile High Joe Judge, Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> Almost blew it late against Seattle last week. and Well, he did blow it against Seattle late last week. But if you spin through some of the lowlights of how he coached at home against a bad Houston team, he's lucky they're not 0-2. They had the crowd chanting the play clock to him. Because he has no idea what the hell is going on. That's Mike McCarthy's coaching tree, by the way. Uh, next. Do you know what never goes wrong for me? My FM radio in my car. Not this week. Not this week. <laughs> so for the record, that was our fault, not FM radio's fault. Because we digitized, as everyone does. Anyway, tool bag question. Made a little different spin on it. But here's your tool bag question of the week. Are the Baltimore Ravens tool bags? Or are they just the kind of team you would like here in New England if they were your team? 
I don't think that they're tool bags. I just think they're kind of more blue-collar patriots. I love them. I love the Ravens. I love what they stand for. Their teams are tough. They're competitive. They usually play defense, and I love that freaking purple jersey. I love it to no end. Love it. The uniform's blown. Yeah, the uniform's are terrible. I love the unis. Yeah. I love the color oh, scheme. Love it. Terrible. Uh, love it. Team you'd like to be well-coached, typically typically a tough out, and they have a real quarterback suited for today's NFL? I'm just sort of talking about their mouthy and taunty and love it honky love it fam like the whole thing you hate them but if they were your team i i would despise them i love them i love them okay next would you put she looked like a plumber (laughs) pull up your pants sweetie (laughs) number four does the nfl need to look at the rule that allowed the miles bryant fumbled punt to be a touchback instead of a safety do they need to look at that rule I don't think so. I, I think it's a it's a rule probably for a good reason. I mean, if he doesn't possess it in play, in the field of play, how can you penalize him for it? I, I, I don't know. I, I think the rule's fine as is. I mean, there's got to be something about, like, knocking the ball into the end zone and then, like, you, you shouldn't be able to do that and just get away with it. And, right, exactly. I think the whole momentum thing is what they need to change. In, you know, insofar as... If you think the ball's going to carry you into the end zone, then don't field it. That that's you know, at your own risk. If you field a, a kick at your own risk, it, which is different than an interception. So in interception, your your momentum carries you into the end zone. Well, you should be going and getting the ball there. Like that, I there, you, you know you want to reward a guy for intercepting a pass. So I'll give him the break if his momentum carries him into the end zone. The punt, you you have an option there, man. You don't have to field a punt. So if you're going to take the risk of fielding a punt inside the 10-yard line, which is stupid, by the way. You know, you, it, it should, you should let it go inside the 9-yard line. If you're going to field it inside the 9, then, you know, you don't get the bailout of the momentum. It might have been one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen. Yeah, you shouldn't be rewarded with a touchback at the very least. No, so no. That I, I think on the punt, they should take out that momentum piece to it. Next. Would Joe Judge get any interviews for a quarterback coach? No. no. <laughs> Would you no. take your stupid pills this morning? Uh, what good 0-2 team is in the most trouble? Cincy, Tennessee, Vegas. Cincy. Because, you, you know, that division, Ravens, Steelers will be competitive once they put Kenny Pickett in there. The Browns will be better, you know, if they can hold water till Deshaun. I just think it's I, – I, I just think they have a, a better margin for error than the other guys. I'm going Tennessee. I don't think they're very good. And their quarterback is who he is. Derrick Henry's got a lot of miles on him. They've got no receivers. I mean, yeah, but that's a bad division. You can stay in it till basically the last week, even at like seven and nine. I don't know. I'm t- Tennessee's in trouble. I think Vegas and an zero and five starters legitimately on the table. Here's their next three games: at a desperate Tennessee, home against Denver, at Kansas City. Offensive line stinks. Carr looks like bad Derek Carr. I think it's them. Next. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for the birthday wishes. I appreciate it. No problem, Maddie. What 2-0 team is the biggest fraud? The 2-0 teams. That's kind of an easy question. The 2-0 teams are Miami, Buffalo, KC, Philly, Tampa, and the Giants. The Giants. They're terrible. Okay, they're give just... me another one then because that's just too easy. I mean, is there any 2-0 team you look at you say no? I think it's just the Giants. I mean, the, I, I mean, mean probably Miami, 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 probably Miami. Yeah, Miami's the second one on that list. Thank you. And honestly, the third is probably Philly. Like, you know, I could see Philly going in the toilet at any time. I mean, the Another team, not the division. city. No, it's a, <laughs> yeah. you join the rest of the town. Go ahead. 
Oh, I, I had the Giants. I mean, I, I mean, I guess Miami, but I think Miami's legit what they're doing with that offense. Okay, next, last one. Hi, Matt. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. All right, thanks, Stace. Happy birthday, Matt. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> What's your favorite Patriots-Ravens game of all time? The eligible receiver game. That was just to watch Harbaugh lose his mind on the sideline <laughs> and getting into basically almost grabbing officials and trying to figure it out. That was just, it was hilarious to watch. I mean, that was a 2014 season, right? It was yeah. January of 2015, 35 31. They were down by 14 twice. That was the game. That's right. And that was the trick play with Edelman to Amendola. Yes. Like the whole thing. That was a freaking great football game. I mean, that's number one, but the 1B is the Billy Cundiff miss. Which I remember calling because it was only like a thirty-six yard field goal. I remember saying to my buddies, "I'm like, this is no gimme." And the Patriots that year really had no business going to the Super Bowl, so that's number two for me, right behind that divisional playoff game in 2014. I'll give you one more: the regular season game in 07, where you preserved oh. your your perfect record with uh, Rex Ryan calling a timeout. Or uh, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Rex, right. you know, who wasn't even the the coach. He was a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator. He the Brady for the like only time I can remember. Came up short on a quarterback sneak. He didn't pick up the quarterback sneak, but Fat Rex there had called timeout and they got another crack at it. And then it was the end of the game. Something funky happened. Maybe they got a PI in the end zone. Yeah, it was. A, uh, yeah, that's exactly what. Because I remember Suggs or someone picking up the flag and chucking it into the stands. Like, oh, you had him. Like, I mean, they had you, but you had him. Like, they were mental. They were mental for you that game. That was a good one too. All right. Thus concludes ten questions. Quick update. If you haven't, uh, if you just join us, there's breaking news on the Celtics. Not good on the injury front. Here are the details. We're back with phones with Bedards. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson, or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. He doesn't ask much of the audience. Okay, but play with me. Except to love him. The worst sign in New England sports is you. Mass. The quiet half of Felger and Mass. <laughs> On 98.5, the sports hub. All right, right back to the phones with Bedard. As promised, here's uh, Rich in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Dougie, it's been a long time since I called you. Last time I called you, you were complaining about Tuka Rask's $6 million contract. So, but yeah, you uh, I was down at the, uh, I was down at the uh, Miami game, and, you know, during the TV timeouts, the quarterbacks were warming up, and it was noticeable. Well, I don't know whether he's hurt or not, but Hoya threw the ball much with much more velocity, even when he was warming up than uh, Jones. He's he definitely, I mean, it was noticeable that he didn't have any zip on the ball at all. Okay. So. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, I think Hoyer's always had a pretty good arm. And certainly this summer, and I think I even said it on the show, there were certainly days that you could make the case that Brian Hoyer was the better Patriots quarterback. With what was going on, he's more comfortable. He's been in a bunch of different schemes, uh, knows how to deal with change a lot more. I mean, he's done it so many times in his career. Uh, but, you know, look, there's no question that uh, what Mac Jones – look, we're under no illusions. No one's ever thought that Mac Jones was going to be Dan Marino. We knew that he was going to have to win with his head 
and with his competitiveness and just dr- overall drive. It's going to have to make up for his shortcomings. He needs help. He needed help last year with jo- from Josh McDaniels and what was around him. And he needs that, and he needs more talent around him. And if the Patriots keep you know, getting middling returns on a lot of their investments, whether it's the draft, free agency, trade with Devontae Parker, then they're going to have a middle-of-the-road passing offense, and I don't care what quarterback you have around. Look at Brady in 2019. How'd they look then? Tom and Quincy, go. I mean, yeah, Tom and Quincy, go ahead. Tom, hey. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I, I, I only call with offensive line talk when there Greg's on, so... <laughs> I, uh, I he kind of blew up, I blew it out of the water with a, a three up, three down with the Cole Strange stuff. But I just wanted to say, I'm not one to rate offensive linemen by any stretch. But going into the game, I was a little bit nervous with him going against Haywood, just because the guy's kind of a force on the defensive line. The fact that they kept Mac Jones clean all day, um, and you know. Haywood overall didn't have a very big day, not a very impactful day. I think he maybe had like maybe five tackles combined. But um, with listening to Greg's analysis, which I simply don't do, um, kind of changed my opinion of what I saw. Um, but overall, Greg, going forward, um, there's some pretty tough defensive lines he's going to be facing. Um, do you think this kid can hold his own? Or is he kind of going to go through the ups and downs like the majority of rookie linemen do? Okay, your thoughts. I will say that I think Cole Strange is um, ahead of where I thought he would be at this point. I think he's been a little bit better than I thought he would be. My my big worry about him, and he avoided it this week, and I thought it was a coaching mistake by the Steelers. And I thought the Steelers' defensive brain trust, and you know, we, we talked about the Brian Flores factor and things like that. I thought they made a lot of mistakes in this game. I thought they didn't pressure enough. I thought that moving Highsmith from defensive tackle over rookie to end to make up for TJ Watt was was poor in the end. I thought that they weakened themselves at two spots, and that's the whole thing. It's like when the offensive line, when you have an injury, do you move that guy and weaken yourself at two spots or you just plug a guy in and try to get by? And I thought they made a mistake with that because I think not only, you know, Highsmith had a really good game, but there was a there was a guy number 56, uh, no, 50, Malik Reed, who came in, who was I thought he played. I thought he played really well and made plays. And like the, what they should have done was just put Reed in in Watt spot, put Hayward in the middle, and they would add more. I thought Hayward did have a good game. I thought he had. I think he had three or four quarterback pressures. Didn't they run he had on him? Four late? four stops. Yeah, but that's that was scheme. I mean, that was that was errors by the Steelers and the Patriots taking advantage. And I do think that Mac Jones continue to do a good job in that realm where he, you know, counted the numbers, said, we have an advantage over here and switched the plays and switched the blocking, and that was really good. He still does a really good job with that. But just because Hayward's lined up shaded on the center and then Cole Strange just turns right on him doesn't mean that Cole Strange is owning him. That's his leverage. That's an easy block. It's like a uh, a crackback block. Oh, I get it. You know, when the guy comes in, that's not a great block. The guy didn't see you coming. You know, so D- Cole Strange did a nice job there. They did a nice job. I thought it was a good job over- overall with the operation of the running on that drive. It wasn't anything individual. We've got Dave and Lynn. What do you got for us, Dave? I think a good comparison uh, to is Alex Smith. Both are very solid, very good quarterbacks when they have talent 
and in Alex Smith a protection around him. Okay, if Mac Jones is Alex Smith, is that good enough? And I, Alex Smith is more athletic, better moves better. We're not talking about like apples to apples, but you know, caliber nope. of quarterback. Nope, not close. Not good enough. Need, more need physically, yes. You know, physically, what? No, but in terms of smarts, guts. You know, when when it's coming down to it to make a play, I have Mac Jones better be better, or this team's not going anywhere. Matt, Alex Smith is a game manager. All he does is check it down, whatever. You might as well get Mitch Trubisky if that's what you want. Talented, check down guy. Uh, Alex, I liked Alex Smith when he played. And, I, and what's wrong with game manager? I'll take it now. Too conservative, I agree. But I, honestly, I think Alex Smith is better than Mac Jones. This Are I, you insane? No, I'm not. He's bigger. He's faster. And I know you're talking about the What athletes. did he ever win? What's Mac Jones won so far? Ten and seven as a rookie with a crap team around him. Okay, let's see how it goes. And a bunch of new guys. I think they're both stiffs. I'll tell you, I, I, I like Alex Smith. <laughs> I always liked Alex Smith. Murray um, thinks everyone's a stiff. Long commercial-free segment is next. Don't go anywhere. Acorns makes it easy to save and invest with just your spare change. Link a credit or debit card and start investing. Plans start at just $3 a month with no hidden fees ever. To sign up and view disclosures, visit acorns.com slash audio. The most popular afternoon radio show in Boston. I don't want to know what this means. Felger and Maz. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, what? I, I don't the, know what that is. 985, the sports up. Four Miami fourth quarter touchdowns have put the Ravens into this. Four seconds left. Lamar Jackson wants to go for broke. He stands to the 40-yard line, buying time. Now he steps up, and he heaves to the end zone. It'll come down short of the end zone. Time has expired, and this one is over. The Ravens wanted pass interference. No flags on the play, and this sellout crowd on the home opener will leave in utter disbelief as Mike McDonald and the Miami Dolphins have come back to stun the Ravens and beat the Ravens 42-38 with four fourth-quarter Miami touchdowns. So I, that was a Ravens call of their loss to Miami. Mike McDonald, he got confused. I don't know, Murray, if Mike McDonald was responsible for that game, what would it sound like? Minute by minute by minute. Thanks, Coach. That's the call. Seriously. Those sound like the Doobie Brothers. The freaking Doobies are running the offense over there. <laughs> well, no, but it's the Ravens defensive coordinator's name, Mike McDonald? Yeah, the new guy. They Harbaugh let Don Wink Martindale go, who's yep. w- known as one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, let him go, and I think promoted this guy, Mike McDonald, and he is just getting roasted in Baltimore after what happened on Sunday. I mean, that, that to let... Tyreek Hill, that's the only thing you need to do when you're up big. Hey, just no big plays. Right. And he's, like, blitzing, and they're man coverage. Like, bro, what are you doing? Okay, uh, it was uh, Mike McDaniel. Do I have this right? The- yeah, no, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. he's a Dolphin. Now coach. I'm confused. Uh, he- what a fool, believe. <laughs> I can't even get that high. <laughs> he's 2-0, but it, just to set up Ravens week this week for the Patriots. What do you think, Greg? What are your leadoff thoughts about this matchup? My leadoff thoughts are, I think the Patriots know how to play this team. Um, you know, the victory in the rain, was that last year? No, it was the Cam- Two, Two years year. ago. The Cam- Two years yeah. ago. Um, you know, that's kind of the way they got to play the game. They got to muddy it up. I will say that I don't like getting Lamar Jackson and the Ravens like earlier in the season. They're not, usually they're beat up by the end of the year. Um, 
But Lamar, from what I – I haven't watched any film on them. So I haven't watched them at all. I haven't even seen them on TV. But from what I've heard and talking to people, I heard Lamar's been outstanding to start the season. And look, you got to stop him. You know, you got to you got to stop him, keep him as much in the pocket as possible, shut down Mark Andrews, the tight end. Let him try to throw to the tight uh, the wide receivers all you want, but you just got to keep him from run, ripping off a seventy yard touchdown run and that sort of thing. I'm reasonably confident they can contain the Baltimore offense. Again, like, and I say contain. I don't. That doesn't mean hold them to ten. Okay, but if the game's playing in the twenties, can you win it? No. So you got to holding him in the teens is containing a mess. Holding him in the teens is kind of shutting him down. Yeah, I think uh, if Baltimore yes, gets. I mean, if you hold it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. that if you hold them to 19. You, that's, that's what you're going to have to do to win it. Shut them down. I don't think you're getting 24. I mean, you know, let's not get. Isn't that Chris Gasper's like magic number for the Patriots? He's like. Jones hasn't like, won a game where they've, he's had to score more than 24 points, which, you know. I mean, it's a it's a relevant stat. They've put up more points than that. Like like get, last year against Dallas and Tampa, did they get to that? Tennessee didn't. They must have against Tennessee. Dallas, they did. They get to like twenty nine in the Dallas game. I the Tampa game, they were lower. I, I can't remember all the scores, but either way, so they you know they've scored that many points just in defeats, and they've scored way more than that. Uh, I, I'm I'm getting Jets, confused. Browns, Titans, and Jaguars. Okay. Anyway, if the opponent has scored more than that, they've haven't won. Either yeah, they way. won't win if that happens. Okay, so and that holds. That holds yeah. for this week. Yeah, I think so. Again, I, you got to keep this team, I would say, max like 2021. 20, like, and then maybe you have a shot, but I, I'm not even sure the Patriots need into the 20s. Look, I, I know people They're are They're averaging 12 points a game. Well, thank you. They Brad. are 29th in the league. And, and to get there, the seven of them were free. Correct. Bounce off the guy's nose. Correct. To set you up at the ten yard line. Yeah, that's right. And look again, if you want to be a cynic about it, the seven they scored in Miami was on a, a fourth down play. With de- there was a defensive holding, yeah, in. a defensive uh, illegal contact thing. So they ended up extending the drive. Otherwise, they wouldn't have scored on that one either. Like I know people are all geeked. I say geeked up, but more encouraged by the weekend. Their offense blows. It blows. It's Do you horrible. Think, Do you think Patriots fans are getting ahead of themselves after last week, Greg? A little bit, but that's what Patriots fans do. I mean, it's part of their part of their makeup. They think they're like they're back. They win one game, three three points over Mr. Trubisky, and they're back and flexing on people. And Cole Strange is going to the Hall of Fame, and Josh McDaniels is an idiot. We don't need him after he blows the lead. You know, it's just it comes to the territory around here. It's good. It's good fun. Was last week's win a validation of anything? No, of course not. I mean, you know, it, no. I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, St- try. <laughs> Uh, they got their act together a little bit on offense, but they had to they had to completely change their approach that they went with the entire offseason. That Matt Patricia can do everything. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia can handle it. They're very smart coaches. They can do everything on their own. Get, guess what? Nope. Tried that in week one. Complete mess. Bill had to step in in week two to shut it down because he knew if they blew that game against the Steelers and Mitch Trubisky, this season was just about over. And so Bill, in week two, stepped up to make sure they had everything on point, and it was dramatically better, and they still scored 17 points and needed a jump ball, touchdown, and a ball off Gunner's face to get there. <laughs> 
So I, I'm with you on that. When you look at the next two weeks, so I mean, you come out of it two and two. Like that's the best anyone could have hoped for. Definitely. Oh hell yeah! And yeah, I still, definitely, I still think that's on the table. I liked your chances better in Green Bay than I do this week, but they're both. You know, they're only three point underdogs. This one, I don't know if it's going to be much more than three or four in Green Bay. I'm not sure. So, like, I mean, I still think two and two is on the table, but my view of the team hasn't changed. You know, even though we'd all take two and two and you'd say things are looking good if they're two and two, I, you know, it's possible they're two and two, but I still don't feel any different uh, differently about the team, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean, and I would tell you that I, I feel relatively good about the Patriots' ability to defend the next two opponents. I think Bill's good in these sorts of things where he knows you have an obvious weakness. In the case of Baltimore, you're going to keep Jackson in the pocket and don't let him run. Exactly what Greg said. Don't let him throw to the receivers all day long. And then with Green Bay, I would say it's going to be something similar. Like the receivers are no are no threat. So, you know, make sure the running backs have to work for every yard they get. And, you know, make Green Bay score in 14 play drives and it'll contain them. So I just, to me, it's just a question of whether the Pats can score. I just, I am so down on their offense right now, it isn't funny. Tell me about, oh, go ahead. Fun fact, did you know that Mac Jones had, uh, in terms of explosive explosive pass plays, 20 yards plus, Mac Jones had one more last season than Josh Allen, and he was one behind Justin Herbert. No way. Yes. So what is that? And and this year, he was 11th in the league last year. This year, he's 19th so far. I mean, it it just shows you that, you know how how they don't just don't have much pop in their offense, and like they're going to have to start making big plays. And and sh- sure, it's great they got you know they got the pass to Kendrick Bourne the week before they got the jump ball to Aguilar. Uh, you know they're not going to be able to rely on that. That's why they need Mac Jones to to hit all the opportunities they have because he is going to be presented them by this coaching staff the way it's constituted now. He's got to take advantage of them. Okay, Greg, thanks for coming in. As always, we appreciate it. Sounds big, good. Big you, boy. Okay, read him at the Boston Sports Journal. Give it a subscription. Uh, some good stuff on there. Good breakdown of Mac Jones's day in Pittsburgh. Not good, says the big boy. Uh, these two hours, as always, posted on the web, 98.5thesportshub.com in the app. So go back and give them a listen. It's always worth it. Uh, we'll revisit some of Greg's commentary in the 5 o'clock hour. Coming up next, though, I do want to get to the action last night and what that tells us about the state of the NFL and the state of the Patriots. Vis-a-vis the state of the NFL. Also give you a quick word on Zidane Char and his retirement as well. All coming your way after Murray gets you updated. There's Celtics, uh, Celtics news at this hour. You'll hear it here, and then we come back with your thoughts. No commercials here. This Sports Hub On Demand content is sponsored by Coors Light. Chill on with game day greats when you grab an ice cold Coors Light and watch the football game this week at Hooters in Dedham, Saugus, Shrewsbury, or West Springfield. Hooters makes you happy this football season. Chill on.